action. Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, what's going on, Clever Investors? Sperber here. Welcome back to the Clever Investor Show. We are in Studio B today, our secondary studio, because our guest here today, fam, Mirza, likes the lines. He's a product designer. He's a philanthropist. He's an entrepreneur extraordinaire. <laughs> he's a killer in the music industry. He's a renaissance man. And he's somebody that cares deeply about the details. Uh, he's a friend of mine, and I'm really excited to share him with you guys because fam is... Uh, uh, just a very dynamic person. If you follow him on social media, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He's kind of a mystery man that's done insanely big things in a bunch of different verticals. He is the uh, the founder of a philanthropic world movement through his One Face Watch movement, which is a watch brand that partnered with NGOs to fund greenhouses, water wells, and treatment projects across the globe. He's also... Uh, runs the Mirza Mines portfolio, which consists of an array of different companies in different verticals that's doing hundreds of millions of dollars, baby. And Ooh. he is here today to bless us with his presence on the Clever Investor Show. Let's give it up for Bam Mirza in the house. We're bringing the heat today, baby. Look, why you look so good, dude? You always this stylish? Every time I see you, you you yes. you, you just look good. Yes. You smell successful, too. What's up with that? I don't smell successful. I, I smell like hard work. I smell like perseverance. I smell like tenacity. But as far as me dressing, I mean, we've been designing this since we were kids. We've been designing a lot of this. Yeah, let's unpack some of that stuff. You know? Yeah, dude, you've had... I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, of course, man. No, I, I, I like hanging out with you because you're you're different in a good way, in a great way, right? It's that kind of different. It's, it's, it's what the world needs right now. It's a, uh, success mixed with love and purpose, mm. right? Impact... But yeah, still killing it, right? Figuring out a way to blend mm. an insane ability to make a lot of money, creating awesome brands and products and services while at the same time making your money matter, which is the point of this show. Ultimately, we want people to, to kill it, right? Because look, at the end of the day, the world's crazy out there. You can't depend on the government. You, can't, you don't want to be a burden to your family. You want to be able to financially take care of yourself. Right. Right. But at the same time, take care of your family, take care of your friends and set a better standard financially. How do we do that and make our money matter? You've done a great job in that. So first off, thank you for being here. I want to kind of go back because you are a great American uh, uh, like a success story from an immigrant that came from really tough times. You know, really tough times, like guys like me, like we're kind of like wussies. We, 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 we magnify, you know, I grew up with not a lot of money. My grandparents lived in trailer parks. So I, we, we, they slept in rooms with me, like that kind of stuff. But then I see a video of you growing up in the slums in India with no running water, very little resources. You're still, you're, you're. I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of you too. And I'm a fan of you because of the consistency and the tenacity that you, that you've had throughout the years. But as far as when it comes to that, um, you know, okay, get it. We didn't have, you know, we didn't have running water for like two, three days, and we had to figure out ways to salvage the water and share with the neighborhood. Those are all tactical things that a human being figures out as along the way. You living in a trailer park, I'm sure you've had many of struggle. Anybody living somewhere else that has many of struggles. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have many of struggles, 
but it's about how you adapt and you counteract those struggles. And that is why a human being is the apex predator. We are not the apex predator because we are the strongest of them. A lion will maul you. <laughs> you could be the size of the Kimi Mutombo, and a lion would maul you, right? It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter if you fight like Khabib. It doesn't, none of that matters. It's about adapting to your environment. That is why a human is the apex predator. That is why certain people have, um, you know, blue eyes and blonde hair, and other people have uh, brown eyes and black hair, and so on and so forth. It's because we've adapted to the environment and we've shaped ourselves by that. I like that outlook. That's actually good. But that doesn't change the fact that you grew up <laughs> in one of the worst places to ever grow up with very limited resources. Mm -hmm. Your parents abandoned you at a very early age. Damn, I don't want to say abandoned. No, come on, man. Let's just say what? Okay, they, I feel they you. set I feel well because they couldn't take care of you at the time. And they, they, they sent they, you to live they, with they their couldn't, but I, but, I, but I respected the hustle, you know, because there, wouldn't, there would be no, uh, the, 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 yeah, there would probably be no fan mirrors. There would be no fan mirrors without, you know, to the full fledge of what a fan mirrors is without the United States of America. This is a country where you have opportunity. This is a country where you can go from being on the side of the road to being a multimillionaire. The My Pillow guy, smoking crack one day, boom, goes from the side of the road. Now he's selling pillows <laughs> worth over worth two hundred fifty million dollars. <laughs> it's like, wait, what happened? It's like, okay, but that's enough hard work and tenacity. Well, I do agree with you. We live in a great country with lots of opportunity and a foundation, uh, a legal foundation where we can start businesses and take take shots and and eventually become this great success story. But here you are. You're a kid. Your parents sent you off to live with your aunt. You're you're growing up in these really harsh. Where where in India? Hyderabad, India, Puraniveli. And what's your actual nationality and background? I'm. Uh, we're mixed with Az Azeri Moraf. We're like Azeri, um, Azerbaijan. We're like you know Persian. We're mixed. And my dad is Egyptian, so we're mixed with a lot of different Cyprus, Greece. Got it. Um, so and, but but your aunt's living in India. You're growing up with her, and at some point, your parents come for you or call for you. I think I'm like 20% Indian. You know. Okay. So now, how old were you when you actually made it to the United States? I'm about like 11, 10, 11. Okay, you're 10, 11. Now you're here. And your dad was working for the military. The crazy, yeah. So my the crazy part is, you know, when we landed at that airport at O'Hare in Chicago, my dad, you know, he looks at me and he says, "This is it. This is a country where a man with enough knowledge and enough hard work can make anything of himself." And I took that into account. He say, he's saying at O'Hare Airport in Chicago. You know what I mean? So I had to take that into account, and I registered that, and I played like that. And then I get to my uncle's house and I'm, I'm looking at the screen and there's a guy that just keeps jumping across the screen. And I'm like, I was like, who's this black guy that keeps jumping across the screen? He was like, your father teach you nothing in Saudi Arabia is Michael Jordan. He was like, he's not even a guy. He's not the guy. I was like, well, he looked like a guy. He's like, no, he is Jesus, black Jesus. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, who's this Michael Jordan guy? And I started studying Mike. And, um, you know, this is the last, this, it was his, you know, second to last year. Um, but I started studying Mike. I learned a lot from Mike. I learned the passion that you need to have in the game from Mike. I learned the passion of the game of life from Mike. I learned about a guy that hit a seven-tenths of a shot because of his focus in life. That's what I learned from Mike. Think about it. Think about a ball. Then that's the craziest part of the documentary. 
Reggie comes on the screen and he goes, everyone in the building knew where the ball was going to go. The whole arena knew where the ball was going to go. Seven-tenths of a second, and this man gets the shot off. Seven. <laughs> Keep telling this story, fam. Keep telling seven, this story. Seven-tenths seven of a second, this man gets the shot off. If Reggie's on, Reggie is on there. Reggie is on there. You know, Reggie is on there. Reggie is on that documentary. He's saying everyone in the building knew where the ball was going to go. The arena knew where the ball was going to go. Seven tenths of a second on that clock. Gets the shot off. Everyone in the building knew where the ball was going to go, but the shot still came up. The three guys are guarding him. The shot. So the level of focus that his pinky finger had to have to get the last cusp of that ball off must have been something tremendous as to him being focused in the present moment. That's why I always say to you, I say focus is the number one skill set to have in life, especially in 2023. In Mike's year, this is Jordan. Here. You're 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 pumping me up. This guy's the goat. The the only the only undisputed greatest of all Dude, time. They made they made the word goat for him for him. All right, so listen, man. So here you are. You're you're a kid. You're in O'Hare. Your dad's dropping wisdom right out of the gates, saying you have every opportunity. You just got to take the shot. Mm -hmm. You take that to heart. Now, fast forward. I always take the shot. Fast I forward for the shot. Yeah, hell yeah. Fast forward, you're now what, 13, 14, 15 years old. You're entrepreneurial, you're hustling. You're out there just always trying to find little creative ways to hustle. How did you come up? toys throughout the neighborhood. I knew a painter and I knew a guy that used to grow, um, I used to, I used to, what the hell is that called? Like the longer pumpkin, squash? Is it like squash? Something like squash, anyway, some shit. So it's like a longer pumpkin looking. I didn't get a squat, but it wasn't purple. It's like an orange squash, long orange squash. So I knew a painter. So I had this painter guy paint the squash. I'm like 11 at the time. And I'm just selling it throughout the neighborhood. Everybody's buying it. You know, everybody, you know, every, make every house mom this with some squash in there. Every, what, what do you call this? What do you call this? No, every house, every, just going every, every, every house mom <laughs> in that neighborhood, I think bought some squash or whatever that thing was, this fucking pumpkin. <laughs> um, besides the, the squash, You were the plug? Or some, or some no, but it was, it was because I merged two lands. If you understand the conversation, yeah. you know, it's because I merged those two lands. I knew a guy that was a great painter. I knew this guy that had some weird vegetables in his garden and he could grow a multitude of them. So I was like, okay, let me link this painter guy with his multitude shit. Let's create something together. We created this squash looking snowman thing. And then every housewife on that block bought those. You know what I love about that story? What's interesting? So there's a, there's a deeper lesson in that too. That was, I was kind of like, a, I was thinking, I was like, you know, as a kid, you're like, you're so pure that when you see a puddle, you just jump in that shit and splash around. Your creativity is at an all-time high as a kid. Touche. But you keep getting told no a billion times. You grow up to be this lame-ass, boring adult. But here you are, this kid that literally, I'm not saying you, but in general, people, people are these lame-ass, boring adults that have been conditioned to play small, recede, follow the, follow the rules, stay in the blinds, all that bullshit. But here you are, you just let your creativity flourish with the squash. But, and this is where I was getting to. I almost got expelled one time. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. That's it? Mm -hmm. yeah. I got expelled many times. <laughs> um, uh, so, so here you are now, and you and a buddy come up with this great idea, because you guys love sports, and you come up with this idea to create this really unique jersey. Mm -hmm. Talk about your first major business, first major business win. 
Yeah, you know, so that jersey, um, the split jerseys, rarejerseys.com. I'm talking about like um uh first three. Like you go to google.com, type in jerseys, we're coming in like first three. Rare jerseys, Jersey Jones, Mitchell and us. And um, I was very proud of that. That was a very hard game. And um we came and we and we saw we conquered, you know, Vinny Vitovici. And um we were kids at that point. And um that was at a point in time where, you know, e a <laughs> Uh, email open rates were over 82%. Okay, click-through rates out of that email were over 48%, sometimes 56%, which is ridiculous. Um, so then obviously it converted because we already had, you know, the Super Bowl and we had all these publications. We had XXL Magazine, we had Vibe Magazine, we had... The concept was... Jesus Christ. You're literally taking a jersey of two teams and splitting the jersey and putting multiple yeah, concepts in a jersey. It was, it was so much more than that. It was always like a custom house, right? Like if you see the one that Nelly wore, that was different than the one that you would wear, unless you're just wearing no, it. No, I, I get that. I love that. But initially it was just like, what if you wanted to cheer for two teams at once? Oh yeah, for sure. That's kind of where it originated. That was the genesis of it. I that's what I was getting at. What a simple idea. Nobody really did that before. You guys built this jersey concept but how do you get it in the hands of Nelly? I mean, Nelly wore your jersey at the freaking Super Bowl, which puts you on the map and, and was a first major win. Up to this point, you're kind of slanging 100 grand, 200 grand worth of split jerseys. At like you know. 13 years old. Yeah, you're, you're, which is crazy because that's a ton of money at 13. But yeah. you're, you're already But it's also, it's also like my hands at frostbite. So it's like the value proposition there for the money. Um, maybe for certain people it would be. For me, it was not. Um, because so, you're you're selling them out in the cold in Chicago. I'm just not. I mean, no, it's not about money to me. I'm not a guy that worries about money. When you create the right art, and when you when you when you when you impact the world, right? I think I think the main theory is like when you impact the world and you touch a particular amount of lives. So let's say you sell a, a million products to me. When you touch a, a particular amount of lives, that's when you're successful. And by that, money is only, you know, the figure that comes into that account. That's fine. But it's because you touched that many lives that the money situation happened. And I've never, I've never um, created a business. I've never went into a venture only um, focused on money. That's not the way that I operate. That's not what I believe in. Um, you know, I believe in impacting lives. And that goes a lot further than any money figure. Am I the richest of them? No, I'm not. Do I give a fuck about being the richest of them? No, I do not. Have you seen my life? Have you seen it? We'll show it to you shortly. He, he, how did you get Nelly to wear your jersey? You're, you're a kid that's being scrappy. How do you get, how do you get your, your jerseys into Nelly's hands? I think it's, I think the best way to describe it is like, there are certain circles of influences, right? If you know about the circle of influences. So these cir these circles of influences control other influence. So obviously, you know, my, my business partner was like, dude, you don't know anybody famous. And I was like, yeah, but I know like radio station DJs. They know like famous people. So I just gave all the radio station DJs free jerseys. Let's see what happens. Surely enough, yes. Ellie comes into the studio. One thing leads to another. Boom. Get that call. Kiwan. I bet. Boom. And, and, and boom. And then Nelly is coming out there. Nelly's, Britney's on. And I'm a big fan of Britney. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Britney. You know, I'm dying. 
And I'm like, oh my God, Brittany. And Brittany's out there and Aerosmith is there and they just, they're playing the guitar. Justin is on stage. Oh my God. And it's going. And all of a sudden, Nelly walks out. there no more. And Nelly walks out in your jersey and you just lose your freaking mind. I'm a sucker for cornrows and manicured toes. Cindy Capri pants and parasuit coats. Meridian City about one or two flows. You know, oh my God. I was like, oh my God. And there he is. That's when I realized that it was real. Cause I'm like, it's cool for a lot of, you know, any artist could say, anybody could say anything, but until you see an actual um, tangible outcome from it or an actual tangible action on it, then I don't believe it. So actual tangible yeah. uh, action. Right there, running on stage. I'm a sucker for cornrows and manicured toes. Boom. And then, and then Aerosmith's coming. Walk this way. He said, talk this way. It is the strangest plan. I was like, wow. And you're just fist pumping going, oh my God, this is about to go. Oh, it was just a, it was and, and, and that orders came in, so then you start scaling this little business. Now it becomes a legit, full-fledged, mm -hmm. custom house company where you're making all this custom clothes for different people. Oh, it's 12.6. Well, with 12.6, yeah, that was good, yeah. Great. That's, a, that's a fun rocket ship to be on. It's cool. And then, so what did you do? What? How did you end up, where's that company at right now? No, I, I sold out of it, you know. Um, I always I always told, um, you know, Matt, I was like, you know, this is a trend. Like, I just, you know, even though, even the founder at a split jersey didn't, you know, I didn't wear jerseys. I didn't wear jerseys like that. I'm not going to, like, wear jerseys like, you know, it ran its course. It, it wasn't it a thing. formal wear. It wasn't a. It wasn't a casual wear. It wasn't a formal wear. Um, at that point, it was because all the artists started wearing it, right? All every Jay Z, boom, Jay Jay Z, Nelly, X, um, Fabulous. Um, oh my God, Fabulous ordered so many. Um, appreciate that. Um, but yeah, Fabulous and uh, like a lot of other rappers were wearing it, so it became a part of the culture. It, it became ingrained into the culture, and anybody that wanted to be cool. I guess you could say, um, wearing them, and that's cool. How much money do you think you personally made from that little venture? Seven trillion, or maybe eight. No, we make eight. Oh yeah, we did. I mean, in revenue, yeah, we definitely did eight. I don't think we touched nine though. It was an eight-figure venture, but you know, that's it's beautiful. I mean, what, what a great learning. Here, when what are some of the biggest lessons you learned going through that process? Like scaling teams, systems, processes, creativity, product design. Like what, what really stood out for you to set you up for your future ventures? I think, I think what really stood out for me was like the focus that I had that started then, or maybe even before that, but the focus that I had, you know, as far as, um, I always knew that things change. I always knew that this is, you know, there's things that are everlasting trends and then there's things that you need for the rest of your life. There's certain skills, for example, that are everlasting trends and there are certain skills you need for the rest of your life. And it, it really helped me like control my time management skills. It really honed in on my scaling skills as far as, you know, the time I allocated to certain tasks, the time I allocated to certain people, the time I allocated to certain relationships. You know what I'm saying, right? And in that, because that was the first big dive. And I think when you're operating at a particular level, um, whether that be seven figures, eight figures, nine figures, 10 figures, it's not even about the figures, but anytime, because it takes just as long as of a time to create a small idea that it does a big idea. It takes a longer amount of time to scale it. 
but usually to create it, it's still the same amount of effort if it's a good idea, even on the low end, you know what I mean? And that's kind of speaking to that Josh Snow. You know, when I talked to Josh um, when we were at um, that event, and I'm like, you know, uh, Snow teeth whitening lasted because of the high price point. And he was like, yeah, but who picked the high price point? I'm playing bet. And he knew that, you know? He's a smart guy. No, no, very smart guy. Yeah, we had him on the show. Great episode. If you haven't listened to Josh's episode, definitely check that out. Very smart guy. He's very smart. And, and his product is well designed and it works really well. His marketing's on point. Mm -hmm. He did all. He did a lot of right moves for that. And so now, here you are. You're you're now. This business has ran its course. Where do you go from here? I mean, where do you go from here? It's like okay, we were a trend business. You know, I sold out of my portion of it. Um, and after that, it was like, okay, we're a trend business, but we've been, we've been in, we've been inclining, um, with the hip hop. Where's hip hop going from here? Sean Carter said, I don't wear jerseys. I'm 30 plus. Give me a fresh pair of kicks and some button ups. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, but Sean's going the custom route. Everything was like S dot, you know, like Sean Jay-Z shit. So then everybody started wearing that. We just started designing these, um, well, not we, I guess I did. Um, but yeah, so we started designing these uh, shirts and these custom things that these rappers wanted. And then people started buying custom shoes, custom shirts. You want your fucking face on the shirt. Boom, it's your face on the shirt painted. So, but it was, there was so I much. I Greg's face on my shirt. Greg Spielberg, my video guy, which he's phenomenal, by the way. <laughs> And I think I'd get a, 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 a lot more people saying, dude, you look great today if I had your face on my shirt. Just because Greg Spielberg. Greg Spielberg over here, killing it. Dude, killing it. Got the line down, down, Greg. Lines in here are on. <laughs> you could have seen this before this podcast started. We had to build a fucking podcast studio, so fam gave his What's final sign-off. What? We had to build a podcast studio, so Fam gave his sign off. He he really cares about the details, which is one of the things you I love to care about the details. You have to care. You have to have passion for the game, or don't play the game. You know, look at the I, setup. You know? I love you know? that about you because I I do that with my real estate that I develop. I do that with the companies that I'm building and scaling. Yeah, I yeah. care about every little detail. I see fucking everything. People drive people crazy because they're like, "Why do you care about that?" And it's like, "Why don't you care about that?" Because that's the game that you come to play, you know, the game that I come to play. Like, I get paid to speak. All the corporations, keynotes all around the world, you know, so I come to play that game. It's the game that I love to play. It's, it's, it's what I can teach the world. These words mean something. I don't come to fucking make shit up or I don't come to say nonsensical theories. I'm coming in here with case studies here. Like, what was that question you asked me? And the last one, the DM thing? Yeah, well, I, I, I wanted to... Uh, we were talking at dinner last night. We went to dinner last night and you said, dude, I got one of the greatest DMs ever. And I, so I wanted to ask you why we're on, on the air. Cause you gave a great answer. Um, what's the best DM you've ever received? Yeah. The best DM. Shane. Remember I saw you just, um, the, the best DM, the best DM I ever received was, and it just happened. I remember, I, I think I didn't even text you. It just happened yesterday. And it was like, and it said, thank you for being prayer um prayer emoji prayer hands emoji and it just said thank you for being and that touched me so much that i responded back with you know god thank you for today i'm grateful for the day because when you practice gratitude this has been proven in multitude of studies when you practice gratitude 
That's what creates stronger relationships in your life. And that's what creates the most positive thoughts in your head in your day. Okay. So what's interesting to know is that there's a Harvard case study from 1938. Harvard's one of the longest lasting case studies and it's on happiness. And that case study states that the happiest people are the ones who have the most positive thoughts in a day and who have the strongest and deepest relationship. Do you see the correlation? You know, do you see the correlation? And the correlation is, God, thank you for today. I am grateful for the day. I mean, I mean, I said, amen. I said, I mean, I said, amen. You know, that's a great, um, a great statement to make as soon as you wake up, just pop out of bed. God, thank you for today. I'm grateful for the day. That's it. Boom. Set you, set yourself up with some gratitude. I practice gratitude every single morning. I've been doing it for years. It's a, it's definitely a habit and a muscle that you got to build mm. because it, you know, um, Joseph McClendon, the third, who's a good friend of mine, one of my, one of my personal development mentors, he's also partners with Tony Robbins does UPW half the time with him. Phenomenal. Uh, he's a psychologist, just a phenomenal human being. And he told me one day, he goes, it's impossible to be unhappy when, when you practice gratitude. Impossible. And he said they're pol polar, opposite, polar opposite emotions. Impossible. And I, I really resonate with me because I was like, damn, how many times do you allow your day to get stolen from you? Somebody cuts you off in traffic and all of a sudden next thing you know, for two hours later, you're still a miserable fuck. And you're like, what is, you're like, what is going on? Why? But how many people two do we hours. know like that, like, like, that like, like, through life? unhappy, negative, toxic, victim mindset, going around life with their fucking blame throwers, blasting everybody because two hours throwers. earlier, they got fucking cut off in traffic. And you're like, what happened there? It's because they didn't practice enough gratitude. Because when you're when you're thinking about things that you're really truly grateful for, your family, your dogs, your coworkers, just life. Yeah. It's impossible to be unhappy. It's impossible to be unhappy. But more of like, That's besides gratitude, it's, it's, it's a focus game for you to be, it's a focus game for you to be upset for two hours on the same bullshit that you experienced two hours, like exert your energy on the court at that particular moment, express yourself and keep it moving because life moves in moments, life moves in moments. It's a focus game. I'm only focused on my present moment. You understand? Mike's not thinking about the last shot that he shot, regardless of whether it went in or it didn't go in. It doesn't matter either way. You move on. I don't even remember what happened an hour ago. I don't do that. I only focus on the now and I focus on the future because I'm creating the future essentially in my mind. That's what the future is. Every human being, every human being is creating the future essentially in their mind. The future of you, the future of who you want to be, the future of your legacy, the future of your kids. Should we keep going? So create the future, but only be forward thinking. There's no point in thinking about the past. That's what causes depression. The, uh, thinking about the past is depression. Thinking about the future without trying to create the future and living in the present moment is called anxiety. You understand? Like it's, it's called anxiety. Right here is right here. We're right here. You know, this is the present moment. Like always be in the present moment. The only way you can do that is through focus. Focus on the present moment. Do you think a shot can go off by Michael Jordan seven tenths of a second? The whole building knows where the ball's gonna go and the shot still came off and it's right there. 
swish. That's focus. Think about it. Uh, and you're, you actually practice what you preach because one of your latest companies right now is focused on helping people create more focus. Yeah. Right. It's pretty funny. Focus yeah. on focus. Focus on focus. Like just focus on focus. I mean, but guys. think about it. I mean, that's a, I, what I love about that business. What's the name of the company? Focus on focus. Is it really called Focus on Focus? Yeah, we also own the trademark for Focus Institute. So, yeah. Focus Institute, Focus on Focus. All right, well, whatever it is. Which one do you like? Think. Uh, I don't like it. Focus on Focus. Fof. Fof, yeah. Fof. It's just Fof. Fof. Yeah. Fof. Uh, I like Focus Institute, I think. But I don't know. It's kind of, if yeah. I'm going for corporate brands to pay my company to come in to. No, I'm glad you knew that. Yeah. All right, good. It, I, I'm going Focus Institute because yeah. it sounds some legitimate ass shit. Um, what was the Wolf of Wall Street's, uh, 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 what did he call his business? Um, uh, I keep thinking of Dunder Milfun. Mil <laughs> <laughs> no, it was called, uh, it was something. What was, what was his, he was trying to make his shit sound super legit. Chat GPT. <laughs> what was the name of the Wolf of Wall Street movies business? Oh my God. I can't believe it. So watch everybody who's listening right now. The name of the company featured on Wolf of Wall Street movie is Stratton Oakmont. Stratton. Of and that's the that's the way that life processes now. If you don't have AI, you don't have access. If you're not accessing AI to make yourself better as a human being, I have no idea what the fuck it is that you're actually doing. <laughs> my son is 14. My daughter is four, and they both have AI. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm They're hoping, on TikTok. I'm hoping to replace my kids with artificial kids. Yeah, always listen to me. <laughs> shut, the fuck, shut the fuck up. Do what I say. Just yeah. kidding. Um, it's funny. We were messing around at dinner last night, and we were asking Chad GPT, who is Cody Sperber? Because you're really hoping it doesn't say some whack-ass shit about you. <laughs> yeah. And when it nailed it, I was like, all right, I'm doing something with, I'm doing something right with my personal brand because I knew who the fuck I was. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. Uh, which, by the way, if you do it and it has no idea who you are, you got to step your game up with the personal brand building. No, no. <laughs> um, all right. I did it would be yesterday. Um, real, um, real fast, I just want to finish this thought. The Focus on Focus Institute. Um, uh, what is that? That company's literally going into major companies and teaching their mm -hmm. team members mm -hmm. how to actually be fucking productive and get more shit done, which because every company need, wants to be more productive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much a training company that helps humans focus. It's pretty much, I guess, how we would define it. But as far as a training company, you know, the people that we need to um, stay focused is those employees in Microsoft, is those employees at Simmons, is those employees at Apple, so on and so forth. Um, you know, because they do really need to stay focused, and more importantly, I, more importantly, a lot of those um, calls, a lot of them are Zoom calls, and everybody's working remotely. So everybody's focus is a little distracted. Um, so they need to learn certain techniques, you know, as far as focus goes, 
you know, as far as focus goes, the Pomodoro technique, right? 25 minutes, you're doing a task. 25 minutes, you're doing a task. You take a break for five minutes. 25 minutes, you're doing a task. You take a break for five minutes. 25 minutes, you're doing a task. You take a break for 10 minutes. 25 minutes, you're doing a task. You take a break for 10 minutes. 25 minutes, you're doing a task. Take a break for 23 minutes and that's it, you know? And that helps you have a laser focus. But besides the Pomodoro techniques, there's other things too. The Eisenhower matrix, the clear methodologies. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that come into play when it, when it, when it, when we talk about focus, because focus is really the number one skill set you need to have when it comes to success. I promise you. An easy, uh, I don't know about easy, but a, a great eye-opening exercise somebody can do to really realize just how much time you waste on the dumbest shit is just take a journal around with you and put Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at the top of, uh, at the top of separate pages and then just document all the you shit you do. You, 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 don't even, you don't even need it, you know? And I'd be telling people, you can just go to your thing. There's a, there's, come on, there's a, on the iPhone, there's an actual mode called focus. There's also trackers as to what you're doing on your phone all day. This is where humans live, is on this phone. Right. So there's do, trackers. Do it on your you can, phone. You can figure out exactly what apps you're on, what percentage of the time you're accessing these apps, how long you are on them, what deteriorates your focus, so on and so forth. I mean, it's built into the iPhone, and people still haven't realized it. But I'm on focus mode um, every, every, all the time. All day, all day. Well, what I was getting at is people, if you just document every activity you do throughout a day for an entire seven days, and then you go back with a highlighter and you highlight the needle moving ones. You'd be really surprised how few highlights you're going to have each day because we're busy doing mm -hmm. dumb shit that actually isn't productive, actually isn't moving the needle, actually isn't serving us. And we're allowing other people to steer our ships or we're doing tasks that we think are productive. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, maybe a good example or a bad example is like a logo design for a new business that we don't even know if the product can sell. Right? It's like, why are we not focusing on sales or the product itself, but we're focusing on a logo for four days straight? And, 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 and that's so crazy because it's like, as I stated earlier, the human is the, the human is the most powerful, you know, being on earth because it is the apex predator, right? It is a, a human is an apex predator because it is adaptable. Now there's AI out. And I can go to mid mid design journey right now on my phone, and I can have I can have a logo made for me within three minutes, uh, probably one minute, yeah, one minute, just by typing in certain prompts. We acquired Promptful.com the other day too. Um, but anyways, besides the point. So uh, yeah, just by typing a certain prompt, and I can have a logo made for me right there on the spot. That's called being adaptable to the change that is being made in the world in order to progress in the world. That is called being focused on your present moment because I know that this can happen now. And the day that it came out, I can do it right now. I can do, send a prompt, make me a logo for Cody Sperberg. He's a real estate um, master, engineer, builder. All the and things. And boom, right? I get it. Right yeah. there in one minute. It, and it, people are still making logos on 99designs.com and all this goofy shit. AI is definitely going to change the game for a lot of people, for sure. Uh, I want to I want to backtrack a little bit because you've been involved in a lot of different business. How many different companies do you think you've been involved in up to this point? Oh man, um, oh man, close to, maybe close to a hundred. I don't think I broke a hundred, but probably close to a hundred. Yeah, in different ways, shapes, or forms. That's a, that's a lot more than I thought you were going to say. 
That's cool. Yeah, that's a significant amount of businesses that you involved in means a lot of different things. That means that I can hold a minute um, stakeholdership. That means that I can be involved in the creator uh, space in that company. That means so if you're releasing a macro out there, what um, you how, know? How many companies does Mirrors of Minds right now? Yeah, how many are you involved in? Man, Mirrors of Minds at fourteen right now. Fourteen businesses. Mm-hmm. And how many team members do you have there? One hundred twenty-eight. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of people, a lot of personalities, culture. There's a lot of They're, culture, a lot of culture, a lot of culture. We always came to um, deliver culture. You know, yeah. We have a cultural handbook. And if people know the old uh, Netflix cultural handbook, um, legendary actually, in uh, Silicon Valley, I actually have it on all my desktops, all my computers. I still have it. Um, you know, legend, legendary, legendary. I'll actually send it to you. I'll yeah, I, I, I've actually checked it out. Yeah, it's, you, it's really, I watched that documentary too. Um, okay, so. Uh, they released it on a documentary? The handbook? Uh, there was a book about it. Oh, really? A book, a book written about it. I have the actual yeah. handbook. There's been tons of books written about uh, yeah, legendary, culture legendary. and culture building, and they use them as an example a lot. Um, all right, so real quick, because uh, I'm trying to drive to how did you end up really deep in the music space? Because I want to pull out some fun music stories from you, because you got some legendary ones. Because you were working for Young Money, YCMB. Working, working, working with, yes. Working with, okay, which is pretty freaking cool because, you know, Lil Wayne's one of the goats. Yeah. One of the best. And then, obviously, Drake is is the goat, you know? So uh, what was it like getting into, like, that? now you, you transitioned from the apparel. Now you're was, doing, was, what, like brand architecture for some of them? Or what were you doing yeah, in that yeah, yeah, ecosystem? Pretty, yeah, pretty much like brand architecture, how, um, you know, as far as the marketing goes, as far as what the brand goes. As far as how a particular uh, particular artist, um, everything from dressing to you know certain things, everything that you would attribute to the brand of that artist. How does that artist dress? How does that artist um, act? How does that artist move? How does the show go? How do what lighting are we using? What lighting? What lighting? This what lighting? Why, what this... lighting? What lighting? And what background? What everything? What what lighting are we using on this show? What you know? You know what f stop is going on these lenses? You know, you know. We were just talking about this. So 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 that, you were that was very important for you to make sure that when the artist showed up. They, oh yeah, they everything looked, everything has everything to be everything has to be up to a, up to a par, and because this is making know, sense now, Greg. This is making sense why he rolled up in here hot and heavy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah Especially yeah. for his own brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you boys last game. You boys had some harsh. You uh, <laughs> you didn't like our white boy lighting. Oh, so much. I like to look like I'm from uh from Greenland or Iceland, Sweden. You like you, you, the whiter the better. You you, you, you look like you were from another land. I'm trying to get to translucent. We're not from other land. <laughs> I I just blended. You look like you were from another land, not the motherland. This white background, just. I'm talking about the lighting in the frame went so question. far off. The lighting in frame is so far off. You guys cut this out later, but the lighting in frame went so like, far off that 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 I told you every time that I see you, every time I see you too, every time I see you, I'm gonna harass you and just be like, run the clips back, run the clips this back. Looks good. I'm not gonna run, lie. run. No, run the clips back. Run the clips back. Run the clips back every single time. Run the clips. Run the clips back. What's some of the wild shit you saw compare. when you were working with all these crazy artists? Are there any good stories? Are we allowed to tell stories or is that like, hey. No, I don't know. I mean, if you, it's so funny because, and, and I feel bad about this, you know, when you YouTube um, uh, Lil Wayne fan mirrors or whatever, um, you know, and I was, this is my 23rd birthday. I was, I was rocked. I was um, at the bar and I was rocked. And, um, you know, there's a, there's, there's a video 
of um, Wayne. So Wayne couldn't get in because the security that I hired in that territory, that territory was a bad territory. Everybody's clipped up. So I had to hire, you know, all off-duty Caucasian cops or even even black cops that are in there that are much older. They're like 60, 70, right? They have no idea who Little Wayne is. If Wayne gets to the door, to the back door, and he's like, yeah, Wheezy. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm the artist, I'm Wayne. They're like, huh? And he couldn't get in. So I come back there, and this is when the camera starts shooting. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm kind of rock. I, we don't even know who shot the video till this day because we've been trying to take it down. I was like, Cortez, fire this dude. Have us take it down. He's like, how am I going to fire the dude? He's like, I don't even know who shot this. I was like, dude, what's up? But uh, it, yeah, it was interesting. So Wayne's standing at the back door of your party and he can't get in and yeah. not answering because you're lit? No, you're then, lit. I ran, then I ran back. But my <laughs> eyes are like super like, what's up? And so this guy, I guess, was shooting. What? So you see like Wayne in it. You see Jewels. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's all good. That's all good. That's my man. So like, okay. Wayne just waited. Wayne walks patiently. Yeah, Wayne. Yeah, that's great. But, you know. And somehow. And it speaks got... to his character. He's a very good man like that. Um, both of them are we, good. We hired Wayne to do, uh, well, no, we. My business partner, Dan Fleischman, hired Wayne to do his pizza party, his annual pizza party that he does in L.A. And uh, it was really cool because, uh, you know, because we were right on the stage with him to be able to see somebody that you really love, just like literally like three. Weezy? Weezy performed at your day? Uh-huh. Yeah. Really? It was, it was amazing. Yeah. What? Yeah, it was cool because, you know, he looks at a little note card because he doesn't remember his lines. You know, so he's got to look at his little cheat sheet and then he goes back in and hammering like he just all of a sudden it i thought it was again. tyga out of ymcmb no no we hired tyga dude we've hired everybody two chains tyga lil wayne oh, um wow. yeah uh who was your favorite artist Ooh, that's was a it, tough one was it this guy yeah that's a tough that's a tough one um i, I probably fanboyed out the most for two chains was it this guy i love dmx they look at you in dmx I love that. Absolutely. You and actually, you had extra homies. All right, now you just starting. Now you're just throwing out names. Nah, he was a good man. He was a good man. He, um, you know, what I'm saying we connected on a different level. We connected on a personal level. We how, both come from a certain place. We're both orphans. You know what I'm saying? So, it was, it was, how did you end up uh, throwing some of these parties with Puff Daddy? Uh, through Hiram, through Hiram Hicks. Um, I was what? I was coming off of the. Was I coming? Yeah, I was coming off of the uh, the Drake so far going shit. What I was do? coming off of going on one of those. What did yeah, you do for Drake? What the so far gone tour? Oh man, we did all those shows. That was um that was a really good tour for us, and um you know that was when Drake was first. That was it. That was like you know the House of Blue show that's on my gram. That was our last show. That's why I put it up. I'm like, oh wow, you know that was our last big, sh that was our last big show. And welcome to the world, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be Drake Graham. Damn. So, so you got to be a part of a little bit of history making. Yeah. Yeah. And so you guys were what helping produce the shows? Is all, that... the, all the shows, all the marketing, all the all the branding, all the flyers, all the all the billboards, all the um, all the all the, all the tour wraps, all the um, all that, all that, all the videography, all that. I told was, you it guys, was, it was it was a hell of a run, and um, you know, it's it's on there, man. It's amazing to see that show even for me because I'm like, wow, you know, I'm standing right there, and I'm like, that's it. Here we go. He's about to be the, the greatest of all times. So. That's it. That was uh, and I told you guys, fam is a mega creative. He's involved in some cool shit. Um, and I like how I'm just like throwing it out there. Like people are just like trying to follow along with this. Like, wait, 
what drake what you're, you're friends with dmx that's pretty cool um uh, so all right so now you're throwing these 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 parties mm. i bet that was fun that yeah, was a hell of, it was a hell of a time are you making money from palladium them? yeah dude it's like the palladium are you making money like from 10, them like people thousand people i was like oh my god we just sold out the palladium all-star gang let's go <laughs> we sold it out all right we sold it out first before any of the venues sold it out. We want everybody to know that. This is a Diddy party, but we sold it out. The Palladium got sold out. That is a are you, big venue, man. Are you single big at venue. this time? Huh? <laughs> he came to real quick. What you mean? No, I, I, I was just curious. Were you single um, on this journey where you oh, were able yeah, to have, yeah, have a good time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they said right now, yeah. Yeah, but even right now, yeah. But um, <laughs> but um, you know, because I'll tell you something, as far as relationship goes, as far as ships go, right? Regardless of whether it's a friendship, a fuckship, a marriage, a, you know, any type of business partnership, any type of ship, it is your job to curate, cultivate, and foster. Curate, cultivate, and foster. So when I say curate, curate is like you, 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 you curate people around you that have the skill sets that can bring you up to par, that can, you know, increase your value in your life on whatever your life mission may be. When I say cultivate, it's about taking these people, right? And it's like a tree. You cultivate a tree in order to grow. And when I say foster, then you encourage that tree to grow further. So it's about curating, cultivating, and fostering any people that are on your ship, regardless of whether it's a relationship, a business partnership, a friendship, whatever the case might be. But you have to, those three things is what you need in order to grow a ship. Boom. That was a mic drop moment. That was good. Uh, how'd you get, how did you, because you're also a brand designer, a product designer, I guess product designer. How did you come up with the one face watches and, and create this movement around it? Was with this one face with one face? Yeah, because like um, I think that's probably the thing that when I look at all your accolades, dude. When I look besides at being a legendary ass immigrant that came from very little that turned himself into an awesome success story, and a good friend, I would say probably the thing I would say. I I'm like that. I'm the most proud I of you for that. is the one one face watch movement because it's the most it proud made, of me that I'll always be is because of one. It doesn't matter what we do. made a big impact. It doesn't matter what IPOs release. It doesn't matter how big. You know, whatever, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Um, the focus thing is about to get close, though. It's going to be a hell of a rip, and I'm, and I'm waiting to see, um, you know. Okay, so what? Tell, tell everybody what One Face is. How did you come up with the idea for these watches, and how did you connect it to become a for-purpose business? One Face was a watch that I designed. It had, like, a mirror face on it. Then I just kind of like went that way. Well, you know, I'm industrial. I design a lot of other things. Um, but anyways, as far as a product, and uh, that was just it. Just it just went that way, and you saw your face, and it was changing the world one face at a time. But the interesting part about it was is that you know we partnered with all these NGOs on the ground, and we created these particular metrics and these particular handles because everybody knows that when you donate to charity, whether it's a dollar, whether it's five dollars, whether it's ten dollars, you want to know where each one of that penny went out of those dollars. Okay. So if you want to know that, we had to quantify that. We had to quantify that with, you know, one watch feeds 16 children in the Horn of Africa through one day's wages. One watch provides five treatments in Kenya through um, Keep a Child Alive. 
you know, one wash did something, whatever the case might be and whatever that metric was behind it. But that really resonates with people when you could put a location and when you could put, um, you know, that tangible, that tangible action that has happened and that tangible impact that their purchase has made, that is when they understand it. That is when they feel it. That is when they feel that emotion to say that, you know, to say that um, I fed 16 children in the Horn of Africa by buying this watch is a very big notch on most people's belts. It would even be on mine, you know. So that's what really made it resonate. It makes commerce feel good. There's there's a for-purpose component to it. So and, It quantifies and, it. Yeah. And, uh, hey, look, I'm going to buy the blue watch. I'm going to help these kids in Africa. Yeah. Then you come out with the red drop. Oh, but shit, but but, but it was so much deeper than that because it was so like inclined as to what we were doing. It was it was it was it was it was so much deeper than that. It was like every single one of those colors even represented kind of what we were doing on the ground. We made the water watch and I designed that so many times. I think I designed that like nine times. And I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm gonna um make the make the straps clear and the brim, just the brim of it, yellow. Okay, because the yellow represented the jerry cans that they would use, you know, in Africa and in India to go get water from the from the tap, the tap meaning the source more of right wherever that water is coming from, and they would walk miles to go get that water before we built those uh, water projects in that village to, um, you know, carry that water and clean that water. Got it. All right. Well, I mean, and whatever happened to One Face? We sold out of that. Um, guys did out of that. There was a point in time that, and I'm thinking about buying it back now for pennies on a dollar, but that's besides the point. I think I am going to do that here pretty soon. What you, what are what are some heard? What are some failures that you've had, like spectacular spe spectacular implosions of things where you're like, dude, we set off with the best of intentions. Business had all the potential in the world, but this happened, this happened, this happened, and it just fucking derailed. It's not even about it's not even about what happened. It's about the fact that we are all failures, at least the best of us are. Thomas Edison, 10,000 experiments, okay? 10,000 of them. Elon will tell you that he almost, he was sleeping on couches and that he almost went fully bankrupt before the Tesla hit, okay? We're all failures. So it's about, but it's about continuing through life with a particular amount of tenacity. You know, my, my favorite quote of all time, all right. My favorite, the number one quote, if I ever got a tat, it would be this quote. I don't have any tats, but if I did get a tat, right? Success is the ability to go from one failure to the next with no lack of enthusiasm. And I always thought, why did he say that at the end? No lack of enthusiasm. Because if you go into the next game, thinking about how shitty your last game was. And if you go into your next venture, thinking about what you failed on in your last venture, then surely you'll fail the next one. But success is the ability to go from one failure to the next with no lack of enthusiasm. I don't have any tattoos either. <laughs> but if I did, it'd be a barcode right, right in my pubic area. I love it. They'd have to scan it. To get, or you could get it like on your neck, and it could just be like, uh... 
Did you get it? You, you, and you, I would be able to change the directions that happen next, and so I would just fuck mm -hmm. with people constantly. You can, um, you can it, would, it, it would be the greatest tattoo get it out of your neck. And it's gonna be, it's gonna actually, there's gonna be a huge trend now that this podcast, once this gets released, of dudes getting bar barcode tattoos, because you know they're gonna fucking be howling when chicks are scanning it. What to do next? What to do next? Step by step instructions. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Fam just got up, just FYI. He doesn't give a fuck. He's such a such a super creative. He wanted to see what the, the shot looked like. Yeah. Greg's got some tattoos. Yeah. What what are your latest ones? Perhaps. Um Yeah, so here we'll go back to something else we were talking about. Um, is that you're talking about as far as um business. How do we analyze businesses that we get it? Legendary investor, you know, Uber, Snapchat. Um, go to uh, pets.com, Netscape, so on and so forth. Um, old companies and newer companies. Um, but anyway, so 54% of those companies failed. You know, the rest of the percentages succeeded. And it was about studying why did those companies fail and why did the other ones succeed? And it came down to five elements. And it was timing, funding, team, idea, and business model. But there was always one that was number one, and it superseded all the other ones by a long shot. What do you think that number one was? It's the most valuable asset in life. Time. Time. Timing. It was timing. It was timing. It was always timing. So regardless of how great the team was, regardless of how great the idea was, regardless of how great the business model worked, it didn't matter. As long as it wasn't the right time, then it was not the right time. And that's how we scale businesses and that's how we gauge businesses, right? But as to bringing out, um, you know, and I've, I've never sold an informational product. I would promise you to the death of me, not since I, the day I was born, I've never sold one. I never believed that it's drop shipping nonsense, none of this. And I've never sold the informational product and this is the first time that I'm doing it. But the only reason I'm even doing it is because now it's time. Because either it happens now or we're fucked. So get people focused. That's the information. Yes, the average like, teach them how to be focused. Dude, the average attention span to drop to under 3.6 seconds is ridiculous. Um, TikTok is ridiculous. Where people are spending their time management skills is ridiculous. What people, how distracted people are when they're driving on the road is ridiculous. Some guy just hit my Tesla going 52 miles per hour. Side, straight T-bone, straight through my side, the backside. And I'm like... Wow, you didn't even hit me in the middle. You hit me on the rear axle. You didn't know that my car was going past you. I'm on the main road. You're on the side road watching TikTok. <laughs> Dude, those twerking videos are hard to not swipe. You got you to watch, watch it to the end sometimes. You got dogs <laughs> ju juggling and again, hot dog eating contest. I don't know. I'm not yeah, on just, TikTok. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing just, talk, talk, TikToking today. It's ridiculous. I'm it's actually ridiculous. on TikTok, but I've never been on TikTok. Never been on TikTok. Everybody in the office refuses to download it to their phones. I keep trying to get people there you go. on their phones. No people do it. So uh, we had to hire and out. We had to hire somebody, and she put it on her phone, and she uploads all these uh, shorts and hey. reels. Hey, you'll be on TikTok, bro. This reel. That, when, and 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 and, 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 and that, that's fine, and it's nothing like that. But it's more of to say that, um, you know, play a fair game as far as TikTok goes. TikTok feeds the United States population a very different feed than what they feed China and what they feed their allies. 
It is an extremely different feed. Don't get it twisted, okay? I have a lot of friends in China. I've seen the screen recordings. It's very different. You're teaching them mathematical skills. Meanwhile, over here, there's two dogs dancing, eating a hot dog, doing a macarena. Like, come on. This is, like, play a fair game. That's all I'm saying. Are you saying China is strategically dumbing down American kids in order to take over first place and run the run the world? <laughs> well, that was easy. There it what is. What prize do we have for him today, Charlie? Yes. Yeah. We have wow. a cookie, a fresh baked one. Please give him a cookie. They're they're fairly smart. They're fairly smart. Yeah. Our- fairly smart. They're masters of war. This is war. This is the art of war. But the way that they're taking us out is is extremely ridiculous. And the fact that nobody sees it is, is, is extremely ridiculous. That's why that ban was coming in um, under the Trump administration as far as, um, you know, he was going to ban it in 72 hours, which is a pretty crazy call. 72 hours, not a lot of time. But if anybody knows that story and as far as Oracle coming in on that and as far as Walmart coming in on that and funding that because the government didn't do that, and that was why. But as far as Oracle stating that they cannot manage the TikTok servers, that is Oracle stating that. So are we still not going to ban it? Or are we going to keep letting Oracle try? Because they've been trying for a very long time now. I think it's been two years. I wouldn't miss it. I don't think it'll, I mean, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? Who knows anymore? I don't, I don't, I don't bet against anything in nowadays, dude. The, the most wild shit keeps happening. So it's just like a fucking movie. All right. So let's, let's get back on track. Um, what, uh, I asked you a question about spectacular, spectacular, maybe implosions or things that you've done where you're like, dude, I set off with the best of intentions, but this business just fucking imploded. It just sucked. And you started to say something, but then we got a little, little derailed on the, on the TikTok conversation. No, I was just like, okay, there's been a lot of, you know, there's been a a lot of different businesses. You know, we were, we were releasing this uh, company repel, right? Remember? And, um, it was a company where you could, um, spray it on your clothing and then I could like throw, you know, coca-cola on you and it wouldn't do anything to your clothing amazing idea right yeah beautiful idea so you literally you would take a can spray repellent on you and now you're good to go Mm -hmm. so it's like um 3m has a product something like uh scotch guard something something like like that that. but that's for couches so this would have to be a more lower density of the of so you wouldn't hurt like designer clothes or anything right right. this would have to be a lower density of that all right so what how that business fail um and it didn't fail you know and 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 mahmoud khan saved me on that one and, Who's that? Um, the chairman of Pepsi. Um, but yeah. He's just a homie? He's, he's, I would say he's one of my mentors. Okay. Um, but yeah. Well, I like the topic of mentors. How'd you, how'd you end up finding him as a mentor? Um, I was the youngest mentor of the Cairo Society. And I remember this, and the Cairo Society would be, you know, they were at a point in time, the most elite group of entrepreneurs in the nation. Um, you know, we recruited these, the 1% the one to 5% from Yale, from Stanford, from Harvard, from Oxford, from um, even any colleges, Asian college, Asian Ivy League colleges we had. Um, and these these kids were extremely brilliant. Um, and we mentored those kids, we invested in those ideas, we would build those kids up. Um, but you know, it was like me, Tim Draper, CEO of Cisco, chairman of Pepsi, um, Nelson Mandela was, you know, Bill Clinton, like it's a large, large squadron of very large mentors. And um, to be the youngest mentor of that, and I know that I could have never gotten into the Cairo Society, really goes to speak on reality and really goes to speak on tenacity because, um, you know, 
I didn't go to any of those Ivy Leagues. But to be graced as a youngest mentor of the Cairo Society was very um, humbling, right? Yeah, that's huge. And Yeah. That's cool. And I remember sitting across that table from Mahmoud, and um, I've been watching this guy. This guy moved differently, you know, so laser-focused, hyper-focused on his phone while he walked through a room. Very different uh, rate of walking, too, by the way. Um, and I remember this because I'm like, I'm sitting at the table, and he was like, oh, okay, so what is it that you do as a fellow? And I'm like, what? And he's like, "What is it you do as a fellow?" I'm like, "I don't, no, no, I'm, the, I'm, I'm a mentor as well. I'm the, I'm the other mentor here at the table with you." And he's like, "How could you be a mentor? You're just a little kid." Then I'm like, "No," I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I'm the youngest mentor at the Cairo Society." And we're just talking and shit. And I was like, "Listen," I was like, "Listen, my mood. I think you're extremely intelligent. Like, forget about all these kids and just mentor me." I was like, "Think <laughs> about it. Think about it. Think about it." You know, honestly, mentor the like, youngest just mentor. mentor me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "We're gonna kill it. We're gonna crush it." All right, and so you got brought out, that built a relationship. That's cool. And um, he saved me five to six million dollars on that product that I was telling you you could spray on your. Um, yeah, how do you do that? Polo. So we go out to dinner. He was like, "Oh, come to my house." He was like, "I love the branding of the product. I love the product, but come to my house. I gotta have a conversation with you." I go to his house. We go out to dinner, and um, you know, he was like, "Let me ask you a question. What percentage of the American consumer is prophylactic? Prophylactic?" Pro prophylactic. What is that word? So prophylactic means you do something to preclude from something else from happening. So that means, for example, car insurance would be prophylactic. Okay. Got it. <laughs> you did that to preclude paying someone millions of dollars if you cause any type of bodily inj injury. Um, so I thought, prophylactic. I thought, I thought you said prophylactic. No. That's like a condom. FYI. No. I'm pretty sure that's a condom. Um, so pro, 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 I learned a new word, ladies and gentlemen. There's a percentage of the population that's prophylactic. Um, so prophylactic. So what percentage of American consumers prophylactic? Are those people that drink Propel? Are you a prophylactic if you drink Propel? What is it? I don't know. It's a drink. I think Pepsi or Coca-Cola makes it. <laughs> Propel? <laughs> it's like a Gatorade. Yeah. I drink a lot of water. I don't need to drink. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to keep interrupting <laughs> you with my bad jokes. No, rather drink water and drink Gatorade. You ever seen the sugar count on Gatorade? All right. Um, but anyways, besides the point. So, anyways, what percentage of the American consumer is prophylactic? So, and I didn't know that, and I had to look that up because prophylactic means to preclude from different situations happening. So, for example, car insurance, and only twelve percent of the American consumer is prophylactic, and I was like, wow, right? But the crazy part was, I spilled my own drink. On my on my shirt before we left the restaurant, I didn't spray the shirt before I walked out of the hotel room. What percentage of the U.S. consumer is prophylactic? I was not one of them. I scrapped my manufacturing that night, and we ended all operations because of that call. Because I was gonna pour about five million into that. That was a go. That was a heavy go. That it could have went, and maybe it couldn't have, but. That was besides the point. If had I not spilled that drink on myself, maybe I would have still done it. But since I spilled that drink on myself, I didn't do it. That's interesting, yeah. Because it's my own actions, you know? As to me living in the yeah, present what moment. I actually buy the can, take the time to spray, you know, yeah, be a prophylactic. Like no, nope. probably, probably not. All right, cool. Next business idea. Moving next, on. Next business idea. All right. Um, next business idea. 
And how were you involved with uh, uh, Dollar Beard Club? Dollar Beard Club? Yeah, you were you were helping out with some of the creative, or yeah, we were doing a lot of uh, creatives together. Because that um, that thing shot off like a freaking rocket. It did, and and you know it, it did, and it did a good job starting out. And um, the creatives really did a good job because um, Chris Stoikos, one of the greatest creatives that I've ever worked with, one of the greatest soundboards um, that has been for me, as I was there for him, um, and you know. Chris went above and beyond on those creatives. But as far as, you know, in order to lower the CPA rate, when it comes to money, when it, and you know this, you said you spent $4 million on Facebook ads. So, per year. But per year. So spending, you know, when it, when, it, when it comes to money, there's something called a CPA. That is a cost per acquisition per customer that you have. In order to get that CPA down, it has been found over and over again, at least in all the brands that I've dealt with, and we're talking about more than two handful of brands, that uh, high-end creatives brings that CPA down. That a high-end creative asset brings that CPA down. Okay? It has been found over and over again. Not once, not twice, not three, not four, not five, not 10, not 12, not 14, not 18 brands, not 23 brands, over 23 brands. So it has been found, okay? Even, even a VC firm did it. And I was like, damn, these guys. I was like, I wish that uh, somebody would have called me on that play. Um, Sweater.VC, one of the greatest. Oof. Now, I don't know if they copy us or, um, you know, whatever the case might be, but I have a handbook on my phone that me and Chris Stoikos and a, and a few of the other guys. And Just for everybody listening, Chris is the founder of Dollar Beard Club. Um, and I have it, and it's called The Proven Methodology, and this is how we made those videos. It's called- Because they did go viral. It's called Pattern Interruptions, yes. Yeah. And they come in every few seconds, and it's, you know- There's a lot of strategy in that creative. Of course. And it, and it launched the company. I mean, you guys launched pretty hard. You guys are doing what, $40, $50 million a year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's for slinging beard oils and shaving things and or whatever it was. That's, yeah. That's pretty amazing. They were doing well. Um, any major lessons came, come out of that? Um, the major lessons to come out of that. Um, this is scalability is key, let's say. Scalability is key. Got to put the right people, team in place. Mm. Yeah, I've had a hard time scaling. I mean, I've I've successfully scaled maybe f six or seven companies um, to you know over ten million dollars a year. Um, some of them much more than that. I've never broke a hundred million in a single year though. But it's not about that. It's about like, I, like I'm not hands on. Um, you know, super hands on as being an operator of every company. I might be involved in the creative process. I might be doing some of the soundboarding things like that. I might be, um, do, you know, doing scripts, doing certain designs for certain products, doing certain videos um, for certain products, you know, and so on and so forth. I'm not fully hands on with every company. The companies that we have in Mirrors and Minds that are in house, those are our companies, and that's what I'm hands on with. Obviously, I wouldn't have the time. I don't think any human being can sit here and tell you they would have the time to work on over 17 companies at one time. If someone says that, you're speaking nonsense. Okay, how many does Elon have? So yeah, I ain't like that. All right, but listen, let's end this thing strong because uh, first off, you dropped some some heat on here as usual. You're always oh, I heat. appreciate it. I appreciate um, it. All right, so let's let's go back upstream. 
you've now had this turn how old are you i'm old man uh you're past just like 30. up healthy past 30 past 30 30. all right but you're not you're not past 40. no no okay a lot of success for being under 40. and um you've taken this wild journey mm. from the slums of india mm. to you know rubbing shoulders with some of the biggest artists and famous people in the world big ceos you're at the what society was it the Kairos. the Kairos society society man i need to get 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 in that game that sounds like a fun game uh going back to your 13 year old self and ask this mm. for every every guest going back mm. you have an opportunity to pep talk your own self what would you tell you just hit america you know the game you you know this game is uh about to happen you know you're about to go on this journey so it's the question here's the question you're you, you have a time machine you go back to talk to your 13 year old mm. self mm. drop a little wisdom and knowledge knowing that what the outcome mm. is mm. right mm. what would what would you tell yourself i asked this before um here i got i got one for you i'm trying to catch the floor real quick Hold on. they say that you can make it on your own but only when you love yourself just know you'd never be alone they say that life is the choices that you chose, but they always say that the highs always come after the lows. You know. Boogie. So you would you would you would just let your younger self know, hey. They be- say that you can make it on your own, but only when you love yourself, just know that you will never be alone. They say that life is the choices that you chose, but always know that they say that the highs always come after the lows. There you have it. Van Mirza on the Clever Investor Show, dropping the heat as usual, baby. We need to play that, that uh, the Bulls music on the way out of here and just uh, let everybody know. Here we got it. I think I still have it up. Just let, oh, oh, he's got it. He's got it. Just let everybody know this has been a great episode. If you got some value out of this, please share this show with somebody else. Another entrepreneur, aspiring investor. Fam's done a great job making money, multiplying money, managing it well, making it matter, creating awesome brands that make an impact. And if he could do it, despite all odds, so can you. Brad here. Until next time, take care. Comb your hair. Peace. Hey, thanks for being a subscriber of the Clever Investor Show. As a thank you gift, we wanted to give you something that we know is going to help you get started as a creative real estate investor. It's our real estate success kit, and it's completely free. Just go to www.reisuccesskit.com to customize your kit, but essentially it's a collection of 15 training tools designed to help you get results quickly as a creative real estate investor. From systems to lead generation to finding cash buyers to creative ways to close deals and get paid. Your free REI success kit is just a few clicks away. Once again, the website's www.reisuccesskit.com.